Well, happy Easter, everybody. How many of you are brave enough to admit you've had chocolate already? Before, yeah, all right, no, there's no shame in that. This is that one day of the year where chocolate for breakfast is not only acceptable, but it's actually encouraged. It's Easter Sunday after all. And uh, when I think of Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday is uh, one of the words that really rings out for me is the word victory. That Easter Sunday is a celebration of victory. The thing about victory is victory is actually sweeter when you've experienced some losses because it's actually having experienced some losses that makes victory, uh, you know, you've got something to compare it to. And uh, hey, I'm not uh, too proud to hide the fact that I've experienced some losses in my life. I remember in year 10, I decided to audition for the, uh, my high school boys choir and uh, and I was up there and there was three sort of rows of us up on the stage and we're singing our hearts out and the choir master's doing this and, and I'm sort of looking at him and he's doing this and then he's doing this and then he's doing this. And I saw him wander up onto the side of the stage and walk across and he walked past every single one of the boys like this, listening as we sang. And I was in the middle of the second row and he came along and he listened and he got to me and he said, stop, everybody, stop. Mark, you can't sing, you need to go. And so I walked the length of my high school gymnasium, the longest walk of shame you could ever, ever imagine. <sighs> it's okay, it's fine, I'm over it now. It took a while, but I'm over it now. In my 20s, I decided that I was gonna take up the sport of American football. And uh, not only take up the sport of American football, I was gonna go out as a wide receiver. Now the physical traits that make one an effective wide receiver in American football is you should be tall, you should be fast, you should have large non-Donald Trump hands, uh, you, you should have agility and you should have a substantial vertical leap. Of those five traits, I ticked none of them. And uh, so I experienced a lot of pine time, if you know what I'm saying, when it came game day. Uh, about 20 years ago, I decided to uh, go all in supporting a brand new team in the AFL whose uniform was purple. And... Uh, after 15 seasons of underperformance and repeated choking, I not only decided that it was time to stop living loss vicariously through said team and stop following them, I actually no longer follow the AFL at all. It's far too painful. I'd <laughs> rather move on actually. <sighs> wow. Well, it's hard to even talk about actually. But Easter is all about victory and not just a victory that's out there in some kind of ethereal realm, but Jesus having died on a cross, having been buried in a tomb, He actually rose from the dead. He actually came out of that tomb and in doing so, He defeated death. In doing so, He won a victory over death. And, and we can sit here and we can come around to Easter Sunday and think, Jesus won a victory over death. Good job. Beats anything that David Blaine could do in Vegas. Well, yeah, it does. But, but what about the question for us? Jesus rose from the dead. So what? 
And the reason that Easter Sunday is so important to us is not just that we think back to an historical event where Jesus won a victory for himself, but actually in the victory that Jesus won, he promises that his victory can actually become your victory as well. And that's the significance of Easter Sunday. Now, I wanna take you to a letter that one of the early church leaders wrote. Some of you have got our Elevate app installed on your smart device. If you haven't, you can download it. But in there, our app, the Bible's baked in there. Bottom left, you can tap that tile and it's gonna take you to a letter. It's a letter written by a guy named Paul. Now, I describe Paul as the, as the heavyweight champion of the early church. Paul was a, was a, a significant player. In fact, he, his role in the early church is that he would actually go to significant cities uh, uh, and establish churches from scratch, some of the main port cities of the known world at the time. And he would establish a church from scratch and he would uh, spend time with that church. He would actually raise up and mentor leaders and ultimately hand the leadership over to that church to someone else and then make the next trip to the next port city and, and launch a church there. But when he, when he left the church and moved on to another location, he wouldn't just leave them on their own. He would continue to act in his mentoring and leadership role with them. In, in, in those days, he would do that a lot of the times by writing letters. And what we now have in the new part of the Bible, the majority of that was written by Paul. Uh, and they were letters to, to leaders and letters to churches, letters of encouragement, letters of instruction. Sometimes there's a little bit of this going on in some of those letters as well. And this particular letter, he wrote to a church in Corinth, in Greece. And he wrote to them, and, and I'm gonna just drill into a slice of that letter. And this slice of that letter is actually all about the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, it's the longest um, exposition uh, of, about the resurrection that we actually find in the, in the whole Bible. And Paul's writing it as someone who wasn't actually physically there when Jesus rose from the dead. It's interesting. But this is what Paul wrote to that church in Corinth. He said to them, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures said He would. He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. So here's these critical words right at the front end. Most important. See, Paul wrote a lot of stuff. Okay, pop your Bible open, start at the back and kind of work back a little bit. And most of what you'll read in that last kind of quarter of the Bible was written by Paul. He wrote a lot of stuff. And yet Paul said, of all the things I've written to you, of all the things that I've communicated to you, this, these two sentences that I'm about to write are the most important. If there was a top 10 list of the things I've written in terms of importance, this is number one with a bullet that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day. If anyone asks you, what's the, what's the message of Easter? What's the story of Easter? Two sentences. You don't have to get complicated. You don't have to, two sentences. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried and after three days, He rose again. The thing is though, Paul wasn't there when Jesus rose from the dead. So what gives? What authority would Paul have to say that this is actually true? Well, 
the very next thing he writes in this letter, he says, he was seen by Peter, one of Jesus' earliest followers, and by the 12, his 12 closest followers. And after that, Jesus was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Paul's actually saying that this story that you've heard, because the story was getting, getting out there in the known world, this story that you've heard, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that He was buried, and that after three days, He rose from the grave, isn't fake news. You can actually go and fact check it for yourself. It wasn't just Peter. Peter, you know, Jesus died. Peter decides to go on a vodka bender. And in the morning, he claims to have seen Jesus walking around on the outside of the tomb. Or even the 12 who, who were, you know, singing pirate songs through the night. And they all claimed to have seen Jesus rise. No, Jesus actually appeared to over 500 people, many of whom are still alive. And if you don't believe me, go and ask them. They've seen Him. It's eyewitness accounts. In fact, Paul is kind of saying this. You're entitled, if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And today, around the world, over one billion people will gather in churches of all different shapes and sizes and smells and celebrate a victory that isn't fake news. Celebrate a victory that isn't based on a fairy tale, but is actually based on eyewitness accounts that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Well, that's great, but so what? Well, the great news about Easter, the great news about this victory is that Jesus' victory wasn't just a victory over death, but it was a victory that He wants you and I to actually experience that same power. And there's one word that's our ticket to ride. There's one word that allows us like that little kid to swoop in and grab the big shiny golden egg. And it's the word surrender. And, and I know surrender, it's not a very sexy word. It's not a word we use very regularly. In fact, the word surrender, I think many of us would immediately associate with weakness and defeat. You only say surrender when, when you've been defeated, when, when you know that, that, that it's either surrender or die, and I'll, I'll take my chances surrendering to the enemy. But the difference with surrendering to Jesus is He's not an enemy. Jesus defeated death and He wants us to share in the spoils that He won. Now, I think it's fair to say that I'm probably the greatest guy you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> yep, thank you. That's right, that's right. That's a long, due of applause, a long overdue applause there. Uh, anyway, that's also not fake news. Um, <laughs> But, but, I ha but, but uh, it wasn't always that way. I wasn't always that way. And I've shared a little bit of, bit of this, and I, and I'll, but uh, I, I had very, some of you do know this, uh, you've known me long enough to know I wasn't always the greatest guy on the planet. Um, oh, sorry, apart from Super Steve. Um, Let's <laughs> forget that one. Um, I used to have colossal anger issues and... Uh, I grew up uh, in my home, my father, um, he had uh, some mental challenges which kind of traced back to his childhood. 
And uh, my father's way of outworking uh, stress, my father's way of outworking pressure, my father's way of out, outworking uh, feeling when he was kind of backed into a corner is he would, he would lash out, he would come out verbally swinging. He was never physically abusive to anybody. He was also five foot one, so it was pretty good. To, <laughs> you're never gonna win that one, big Al. Um, but, he, but boy, did, did he have a temper and boy, could he, he come out fighting verbally. And so I learned by growing up in that setting, it was modeled to me that the way, because I, I didn't see it, it wasn't never shown an alternative, the way that you deal with stress is to get angry. The way you deal with pressure is to get angry. The way you cope when you feel backed into a corner is that you absolutely come out swinging and swing ferociously, take no prisoners. And uh, well, it might come as no surprise to you that that didn't work very well. Uh, I would leave and did leave and continue to leave a lingering and growing trail of destruction behind me. I, I think, you know, I'm, I've, I've actually been quoted as saying, when it comes to getting in my way, you're either part of the steamroller or you're part of the road. And, uh, and I rolled over a lot of people and I left a trail of, 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 of destruction and hurt uh, behind me. And um, then it, I, I, I came to, to, to learn <laughs> that Jesus' message of victory kind of goes like this, that Jesus invites us to come as we are, but not to stay as we are. Jesus says, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. That actually my victory can become your victory. The same power that, that, that caused me to rise from the grave can cause you to rise and move beyond the things that are holding you back. Surrender leads to victory. One of the biggest areas, and I've been leading uh, churches uh, for over two decades, one of the biggest areas that I see people battle with is, 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 is things in their past. And when I say battle with, I mean continue to battle with. Things that actually happened in their past. Things that should be in the rear view mirror, but instead they're actually standing in front of them blocking their future. Things that they actually can't get past. <laughs> can't get past. The thing about battling with our past, it actually robs us of joy in our present and it actually limits our future. You come as you are, Jesus says, but don't stay as you are. There's a victory for you. Some of you, you've made so many mistakes that you've stopped thinking of yourself as someone who's made mistakes and you've now convinced yourself that you are a mistake and you can't get past that. Some of you have got so many hurts that, 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 that are open and that, 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 that so many wounds that are open that, that anything that comes near you touches those open wounds and you can't get past the hurt that you've experienced. Somebody spoke words to you in your past, negative words. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never get anywhere. You'll, and, 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 and you can't get past them. Those words are echoing 
over and over and over again in your mind. Some of you have had relationships break down and you've left yourself thinking you're someone that's not worthy of the love of another person. Some of you have had lies said about you. And man, I hate it when people say lies about you, particularly when you're not there to defend yourself, which is when most people say lies about you. Betrayal. Jesus knows about betrayal, but it was betrayal that caused him to go to the cross. But when he got to the cross, he wasn't finished. In fact, he was just getting started. I'm gonna turn this around. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a victory that is gonna blow your mind. And Jesus put death behind him. Easter reminds us if Jesus can put death behind him, he can empower you to put your past behind you as well. You'll still remember your past, but it will no longer have power over you. Paul said this in the same letter, scrolling down, he wrote this to the same church. Oh, death. He's talking about Jesus coming back from the grave, conquering. Oh, death. Where is your victory? Paul's killing himself laughing as he's writing this. Like, (laughs) oh, death. Where is your victory? Nice try, death. Oh, death. Where is your sting? That's the best you could do. Put Jesus under for three days? For for the sin, sin is the sting that, that results in death, but the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Failure has lost its sting. Hurt has lost its sting. Betrayal has lost its sting. Words have lost their sting. Jesus doesn't give us a lobotomy. He gives us victory. We'll still remember the stuff that happened to us. We'll remember the divorce. We'll remember the lies. We'll remember the choir master who sent us the length of the gymnasium uh, for the walk of shame. We'll remember that, but it's gonna lose its sting when we surrender to Jesus. In battle, the, 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 the universal sign of surrender is to wave a white flag. And when you wave a white flag in battle, you're waving it to your enemy and you're expecting that they're gonna capture you and take you and make you a prisoner in their world. But again, I have to remind you that waving a white flag to Jesus, you're not waving a white flag to your enemy. You're waving a white flag that says, you know what? I wanna put my past in my past. I wanna move beyond this. Jesus, I wanna experience the victory that you won. And and Jesus says, (laughs) you know the great news is that battle that you've been fighting, you didn't have to fight it anymore. I've already won it. That battle that you've been fighting in your own strength, in your own power, in your own limited, you don't have to fight that battle anymore. You, brought, you were brought up in a house where you were shown that the only way to handle stress and, and emotion is to get angry. And, and, you, and you said to yourself, well, that's just how I am. That's just how I've always been. That's just how I was raised. Yeah, Jesus says, no. Nah. Come as you are. 
but you don't have to stay as you are. I can bring power into your world. My victory can become your victory. And so my question today, this Easter Sunday, 2018, what's the thing that you're battling with? Is it fear? Is it addiction? Is it relational breakdown? Is it hurts from your past? Is it lies that have been spoken over you? Is it, is it, is it, is it betrayal? Is it loss? Whatever it is, this day, know the truth. Jesus didn't just die to defeat death and claim victory over that. He died so that his victory can become your victory. And all you need to do is wave the white flag and surrender to him. A few months ago, I came across a story. Tony is the guy's name. He's actually from a church in Vegas uh, in the US called Central Christian Church. And uh, it's pretty full on. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty powerful. And uh, I thought I'd take the opportunity to show you Tony's story today. 